We're going to start a, a new series as we move towards it. I'm going to teach uh, Joshua conquering your Jericho for the next number of weeks. So I don't know whether you're facing a Jericho in your life, a problem to overcome or a difficulty, but this message is about And these messages are about overcoming your Jericho in this uh, journey and how you do that and and how we face those problems. Then in the summer months, we're going to revert back to our John's Gospel uh, study uh, as we move through the summer and look at the summer details. And you'll be able to uh, step in and out of that as such is the summertime and be able to... uh, Uh, continue our study in John's gospel that we were doing previously to Easter before we stepped into Easter. Let me remind you some uh, famous verses. Now the gates of Jericho were secured barred because the Israelites and no one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said, To Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with it, the king and its fighting men. Isn't this just an amazing little verse here? That for a moment you can forget. This hasn't happened, but God has spoken already and given a word to Joshua and says, Listen, see, I have already delivered Jericho into your hands. It is amazing when you're in the place of prayer and suddenly you get a sense of God's deep affirmation that God has already done it and your prayer has been answered in heaven before it's been manifest on earth. And when you start to move in that realm and you start to move in that deep, intimate place of prayer, when suddenly there are occasions in my life where I know a prayer has been answered and I know it and I know it and I know it and I come away from there. It hasn't happened in the physical, but it's happened in the spiritual. And it's like I've heard God's whisper saying, listen, I have done this. Listen, I have done it. And you feel that overwhelming sense. I don't often tell anybody those. I tell Michelle. I'll often, I come away from the hospital. I've just prayed with somebody who they're expecting to die. But, you know, I just think God's going to do something. There's other times, it's a mystery how it works. But in a place of, of that, he says, I see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with it, the king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpet. When you hear the sound, a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up and everyone straight in. Quite specific instructions that are present. And I think, first of all, what we need to remind ourselves is that this has been a journey for the nation. To be honest, what should have took 10 days took 40 years. 
And they had traveled through the land and they had taken 40 years very simply because of their own rebellion and because of their own disobedience and because of their own idolatry. It had taken so long. And we cannot help but take seriously how sometimes something should only take 10 days, but it takes a lifetime because we're not willing to align our will with the will of God. And we live in disobedience when really we know we should live in utter obedience to Jesus Christ. And I think our greatest calling is to be able to say, I want to do the Father's will. I want to live in obedience. I want to follow Jesus. My heart, 100%, is not divided, but I want to follow Jesus Christ completely in my life. And one of the keys to bringing down walls and obstacles within our lives is that we actually say, I give everything to God. You see, when you look to God... The walls of your life shrink and the greatness of God grows. And that is the beautiful thing about our walk with the Lord is that many of us, we all face Jerichos. We face problems today. You've come to church and you've come to church and you know that the events of your past few months have been so difficult, have been so traumatic, have been so challenging, you wondered how you would ever get through those challenges and yet you find yourself here today and I'm really pleased that you are here. But you find yourself here today and you ask yourself the question, how am I going to overcome this next obstacle? How am I going to overcome this next problem? Well, very simply, when you stare at the glory of God, your problem shrinks and the Savior grows in your life. And you experience this sense And what is going to happen in the story of of Jericho and Joshua is that the walls shrink as their sense of God grows. Your problem, your challenge, your difficulty will shrink when you stare into the face of the living God. It will shrink when you get the perspective right. I mean, it's tough for them. The Israelites had not gone into the land. Joshua himself in Numbers 14 had said these words and said, and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land. Remember, it had been promised to Abraham all those years before. A land flowing with milk and honey, it will be given to us. Don't you love the heart of Joshua? Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because he will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Do not be afraid of them. There's this moment where Joshua is trying to explain to the rebellious people because they're coming against Moses, don't be afraid. 
don't be afraid. But of course then there's a time when Moses, he's going to die. And he says, I'm going to die. I am now 120. And he's there on Mount Nabor, overlooking the plains of Israel. And as he stands there, he declares that he's going to die. And he says to them, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Boy, how we need that word in our life for the situations that we face today within our own personal lives. And I want to speak these words to you and say, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your Hands. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Sort of like this moment. They're mourning now. Moses has been dead. He's dead a hundred and twenty years. He never entered the promised land. I remember looking at Mount Nabal uh, from the other side of the Dead Sea. And I could see it and the guide was saying to me, Oh, that's where Moses was. That's where Moses was. You see that point? You see that's Mount Nabal. That's where it is. And there were lots of mountains. And I was saying, which one? One, two, three, four, five. Which, it's that one in the middle. Englishman, come on, which one is it? And I'm looking and I said, yes. And then I went, yes. I did what pastors do. Hi, yes, like I have no idea which one it is, but amen, I can see it. Yes, I can by faith in Jesus. Um, But then I worked it along and I thought, okay, that must be Mount Nabal. And everything within me, because we went to lots of lovely spots, I wanted to get up that mountain. I'd love to stand where Moses stands. Problem is it's in Jordan. And so so uh, it's a bit of a difficulty. Uh, But... But it was so amazing to see that mountain range, how it overlooks Israel and how high it is. And it's like this moment where Joshua is saying to a rebellious, doubting, disobedient, idolatrous people, saying, come on, you can do this. God is bigger. God can do it. Come on, stop rebelling, stop doubting, stop living this way. You see, the problem is, is that Moses wasn't the problem. The people aren't the problem. The puzzle and the problem isn't the problem. The problem is that the people did not have a view of the greatness and the bigness and the glory of the God they were following. And often, the people you're battling with isn't the problem. That individual that you've got a problem with isn't the problem. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. That obstacle you are facing is not the problem. The problem is our view of how glorious God is. And what we've got to learn to do, and this is the problem, they spent four Hundred years in slavery. That's longer than Canada's been Canada in its current form. It's been a nation, what, I don't know, 151 years? Two, somewhere around there. As in the Canada we know today with the flag and, and so on and all Canada. Well, we've, been, we've been here for, you know... I'm very soon eligible for citizenship, so watch out. And 
And it's been there 150 years. They were in slavery 400 years. It's longer than America has existed in its current format. It's in Britain, it's like, it's like the Tudors were ruling when they started slavery. And 400 years later, you know, it's a long time to learn to be a slave, to learn to be bound up, to learn to follow the Egyptians. It's a long time to be placed in that situation. And then they spend 440 years wandering. And what they've got to learn to do is to go from being a slave to understanding that God is turning them into a nation. And God is turning them into his children. And God is transforming them. And their mindset has to change from one of slavery to one of freedom. And that is your battle and my battle continuously that we have to change our mindset from one of slavery, from one of orphanship, from one of feeling like we're a hired servant, like the parable of the prodigal son, to the point where we know, actually, I am a son, I am a daughter of the house. I'm no longer a slave. I am a child of the living God and Christ has set me free. And if you set me free, I am free indeed. And when you face Jericho, you've got to go, okay, I can't do this in my own power. I've got this grumbling, moaning bunch. And and Joseph steps forward as we read and see, and the Lord will go before you. The Lord will do it. The Lord is with us. It's like this brave heart moment where the Scottish say, William Wallace says, we will drive those Sassanaks away. We will drive those English men away. I don't like that story. <laughs> don't like the way it ends. I prefer a Winston Churchill moment, perhaps. We will fight them on the beaches. <laughs> fight them on the shore. These big cigars. See, he's saying, be strong, be courageous, do not be afraid, do not be terrified, because the Lord is with us, only live an obedient life. Go for it, step out, don't be discouraged. Why? Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with it, the kings and its fighting men. I've already done it. I've got a plan here. It's a long plan, but I've got a plan. I'm going to win the victory. And I guess we have to step back, even through the most darkest of times, and say, God has a plan. We don't understand it. Sometimes we're confused by the plan. But God has a plan for you. God is sovereign. God loves you. And you'll only know the real end of the story until you see him face to face. And all things will be revealed. And you know, and it's a massive task. This is the wall, a little bit of history for you. Never got to go to Jericho. Maybe next time. But there's a little bit of history for you. These are big Walls. Jericho was, of course, 
It's an oasis. The only reason it exists is because of the water flow. Beautiful. And in the middle of that land, you can't hide anywhere. You are either in an oasis or not. And that's why uh, Saul knew how to find David when David was fleeing. Because he basically, David's in the desert land. He says, just put soldiers by every water. Because eventually he'll come gasping out of the desert, you know, looking for water. And then you can get him. Oasis was the key in that land. And so uh, Jericho is built on an oasis. It is uh, built there with the water that comes up, the underwater tributaries that, that flow from what we call the central mountains. It is the perfectly situated city in its history because, of course, to the east, it has the mountain range, uh, Mount Nabal, and that massive mountain range I talked about that overlooks becomes an obstacle. To the west, it has what's called the central range of mountains within Israel. To the south, it has the Dead Sea. Nobody should try and attack a country through the Dead Sea. You are a complete, I mean, it's the lowest point on the globe. You go down and you can be easily seen. And of course, you've got the Jordan also as a natural defense and, and to the north. So it's perfectly situated as a city that is very difficult to conquer and to take down. Almost humanly impossible to take down. The walls themselves were double. This is a Tim Horton castle. It's a double-double. And so the lower wall, the first double, the first is, is here that you have the first. This is 26 feet here. So the little Israelite here, but not only that, there's a retaining wall of 15 foot, 26 foot, then a bank, the earthened embankment, goes all the way up to the upper wall, 26 foot, made of clay bricks and, and so on and held together. And this is a pretty impressive system to be able to hold back. You get over the one wall, you got another wall. You've got problems. They've got an endless water supply. You can't capture this because of the underground tributaries that are running from the central mountains. I mean, this is a problem that you look at it and go, this is unconquerable. I cannot do this. It is impossible. But of course they did it. And they did it supernaturally. They did it through a group of faithful people who focused on their God and were willing to say, I believe God can do it. That's how they did it. You see, you've got a choice when you look at the mountain of your life. You can either look at the mountain and you look at the problem, you look at the difficulty. And when you look at the problem and you look at the difficulty, that mountain will keep growing. And you've got a choice because the truth is this. The longer you stare at a problem, the bigger the problem gets. But the longer you gaze into the face of the glory of God and you behold God and you connect with God and you walk with God, then what you say is that the problem shrinks and your God grows and grows and your connection with Him and the closeness with Him and the intimacy with God grows and develops. 
I always wonder why there's that lovely scripture in the beginning of Joshua, chapter 1. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not let the word of the Lord pass from you. Let it be on your lips and meditate on the word of the Lord day and night. And in my own journey with significant problems, I have discovered that the more I meditate... And the more I meditate on Scripture, and the more I spend time mulling over, not concentrating on the inner commentary of my negative mind that flows across my thought pattern, but concentrating on the truth of who God is, meditating on the Word of God day and night, meditating on the promises of God, meditating on the Scripture, meditating on what God has done and how God is doing, then I think this is the best advice for Joshua because Joshua could be propelled forward because he knew, he knew how great his God truly is. For many of you and I, we've got to learn to contemplate and behold the glory of God. To enter the Holy of Holies. To come to the place that has been opened to us. To sit in his presence where in that deep place where you hold the scripture and the glory of the Lord is present within you as Ephesians teaches and you connect with that because he is the vine, you are the branches and you are connected to that vine. Jesus said in Luke's gospel, the kingdom of God is within you. You're going through a tough time. You're going through a battle. You're facing that illness. You're facing that battle. We we live in a fallen, dark world. But I know that I can connect with the depth and the intimacy of Christ who dwells within me. Meditating on him. Meditating on his glory. And you know what happens when you meditate on the glory of God? The problem shrinks. And your God grows. And you touch heaven. And when you touch him, the perspective changes. And some walls start collapsing. The big walls. They start collapsing. What are you going to stare at? I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He will watch over you and will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. You've got a giant? We've got to remind ourselves of the words of David. That all those that gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. Philistines, Goliath, you will know. You will know that God is great. You will know those giants that are coming against you. Those giants that are with you. We know that those giants can fall when we know that the Lord our God is with us. There's a great little map in the British Museum. 
It was, it was sort of painted in 1525. And they didn't really know what the world looked like particularly. And America is sort of like this random lines. And you can see and they've got the side of Africa. And there's, there's, there's paintings there of a, a dragon and a giant and a scorpion. And under the writing, it says, in the way they spoke in 1525, it, said, it says, There be scorpions there, breathing fire. And then it says, There be, this is sort of on the American coast, so that's obviously Washington. There be, there be giants here. There be, Snakes here. It's really, uh, you know, uh, fire-breathing scorpions, they believed, lived in North America. Well, this map was passed down to a captain in the Royal Navy. And in 1750, he owned it. And he must have been a Christian. Because underneath there be scorpions here. He wrote this. There be the Lord here. And it's in the British Museum. It's the way you view it. There be scorpions or there be the Lord. Which one? You choose. You choose which one. And we need to remind ourselves four things. We remind ourselves when we look at our Jericho, we remind ourselves that God is the creator. The trillion cells in your body, God is the creator. The great barrier reef, God is the creator. The glorious British Columbian mountains, God is the creator. The heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Secondly, God is everywhere. We have to remind ourselves when we're facing the problems of life that God is everywhere. That he's all-knowing. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. He knows every detail of your problem. He knows every detail of your battle. He knows every detail. Can you believe that? God's divinity is in the detail of your life. Think about that. Hebrews tells us nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. He's in the detail. God is all-powerful. Omnipotent. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. The wind died down, and it was completely calm. And when we face problems, 
and face obstacles and face Jericho. Friends, our vision of God has to grow. So, practically, what do you do? Well, when you stare at the problem, it gets bigger. But when you stare in the face of the Savior, things change. Behold and meditate upon God. And God will change that problem. Secondly, I want you to stop, and often we can, I say this to myself, stop moaning and groaning and grumbling. Because it kept them in the desert for 40 years, in the wilderness, and our attitude can keep us in a wilderness. And finally, be strong and courageous. Be courageous. But I want to remind you as we finish is this, that there is a Jericho wall that has tumbled between humanity and the human race was on one side and God was on the other. And this was a result of the fall. It was the greatest wall ever erected where mankind was separated from God by sinfulness. But one day it wasn't a ram's horn that was blown. But it was a voice that cried on a hill in Jerusalem. And he cried, it is finished. And the ground shook. The curtain was ripped in two. And the wall between us and God crumbled and fell to the ground because Christ had given his life for humanity. And now I can walk into the kingdom of God because he has made the way. And in the battle of Jericho, and we'll get to this, there was a scarlet cloth that is waved Love that scarlet. And over every one of us, there is a scarlet cloth that is waved that speaks of the blood of Jesus that brings down the walls of death, the walls of sinfulness, the walls of darkness, and brings life into our lives. And maybe this morning you've got lots of obstacles, but the biggest obstacle is that you haven't given your life to Jesus. And it's time. To give your life to Jesus Christ. It's time to pray and say, yes, Lord. This morning, may that wall, that obstacle between me and you be removed. And may I give my life to Jesus. Let's pray together. Right now, you know in your heart of hearts that it's time that you've either been wandering in the wilderness and it's time to get back to God because of your disobedience, your rebellion, or you know that you've never actually asked Jesus into your life and that wall has never been taken down. This is a prayer I'd love to pray with you. 
Pray gently and softly to yourself. It's a prayer of commitment to become a Christian. The first step into a great journey that Jesus Christ can do. goes like this. Dear Lord Jesus, today I recognize that I'm a sinner. I've lived my life without you. But Lord, I come to you now. And I give myself to you. I surrender my life over to you, Lord. As you gave yourself for me on the cross to remove the greatest obstacle, I give my life to you now. Forgive me. Come and live in my life. I choose to be a follower of Jesus. For a moment, as every head's bowed, you're not going to embarrass anybody. But you know that you've come back to Jesus to get right with him this morning. Or you know that this morning you've given your life to Jesus for the first time. And the Jericho wall is coming down between you and God. If that's you, I'd love to pray for you. Maybe as every head's bowed, you know it's you. Maybe just look up or raise your hand. You're saying, Pastor Phil, pray for me. This morning, I am giving my life to Jesus. Is anybody? I'm giving my life to Jesus. Amen. Bless you. Anybody else? Looking downstairs. Anyone in the balcony? Just raise your hand. God bless. It's awesome. That's wonderful. Anybody else? God bless you. It's lovely, isn't it? People giving their lives to Jesus. Father, thank you for those that are responding to your word this morning in the most remarkable way. And Father, I pray that now you'll seal it with your presence of your Holy Spirit. For those that are battling and those that are yielding now even, I pray, Lord, that you will rush in with your peace, your love, your salvation. And your presence now, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen.